This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts from across the world. And today it is Craig Earlham from London. Good to hear from you again. Markets bounce back today after big losses in the previous 48 hours. Was that profit takers coming back to the market, do you think? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think the start of the week was a bit negative. We're seeing uh, surging numbers in COVID cases in various countries, not least uh, our very own. I think we're actually topping uh, that particular chart at this point in time on a daily basis. And I think that maybe just spooked the markets a bit at the start of the week. What's it going to mean? Is it going to mean more restrictions in various countries? Like I say, we here have now no restrictions at a time when we are um, seeing uh, these surging case numbers. And I think we just, uh, I think we just saw the markets a little bit spooked. And also these kind of higher levels, we were already starting to see a little bit of nerves creeping in. So headlines like this obviously naturally don't help. But we did start to see these markets rebounding a little bit yesterday into the end of the European session. We started to see it gather a little momentum and that seems to have gathered through today we've given back most of the losses that we uh, that we saw on monday so we're kind of almost back where we started really and um, that's maybe just indicative of where this market is right now it very much feels like a kind of wait and see moment for these markets not particularly unusual uh, in the summer months usually uh, a more qu- a quieter period barring the occasional uh, year and last year being one of those but Uh, So to see this kind of wait and see at a time when we are seeing these COVID cases ramping up, we're waiting to hear from more of these central banks and uh, to find out really uh, just how transitory they continue to believe the inflation data to be. So it just feels like there's a lot of balls up in the air right now, uh, I guess. And perhaps that's why we're seeing these kind of choppiness in the markets, but no um, real solid uh, directional plays. And I get the feeling that uh, the world is watching the UK as an example, because rather than locking down because of the higher COVID cases, we're doing the exact opposite, which really goes against the grain when you look at some of the other nations across the world. It's a big gamble. It's a high risk, but it could work. So the UK kind of finds itself in a, in, in a unique position where because the vaccine rollout has been so good, uh, we are seeing these surging case numbers and we are seeing hospitalizations creeping up at a lesser rate. But what we're not seeing creeping up that much is the uh, the actual fatality rate. And, and therefore, Boris Johnson and his team are clearly confident that they can re- continue to reopen the economy in spite of this. It feels like a massive gamble, uh, really, because it's something that could pay off very well because cause of the vaccine rollout and uh, and 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 look very favorable as far as the prime minister is concerned but it could also backfire quite considerably as well um depend uh, depending on how nasty this particular spread is um and and just how and just how um impactful the, the delta strain is as well and what what kind of an impact that does have on these final numbers and on the impact it's going to have on uh, hospitals as well and i think so i think the next two weeks is really going to be key and and coming at a time, obviously, when we've just seen a lot more people in the uh, in the pubs and in uh, various places and at football stadiums and the celebrations going into the Euros final, it feels like there's been um, a lot of uh, a lot of interacting during that period when we are already seeing these cases spike. So I think it's going to be a massive couple of weeks as far as the UK is concerned. And um, based on how that goes, then maybe other countries will start to make. Uh, uh, may start to make moves on the back of that. If this proves to be a case where 
case numbers really surge, but hospitalizations and uh, and fatalities stays quite low, then other countries may look at this as a sign that even with a strain like the Delta variant, that's, that these vaccines are still very resilient. And if you can get those vaccine numbers right up, then you can start to see life return to uh, to relative normality, even in uh, even in periods of uh, of stress as far as the actual spread is concerned but like I say it, it's a massive risk and probably one that may not come as a massive surprise to many people given the fact that the prime minister is boris johnson and he's never been particularly averse to that kind of uh, risk taking meanwhile if you recall we used to talk about brexit rather a lot well brexit back in the news brussels this is according to the financial times has insisted it will not renegotiate the deal with the UK after London inflamed tensions by launching a pretty bold push to overhaul trading rules for Northern Ireland. Uh, We had some comments from a European Commission vice president and uh, this followed Britain's warning it was willing to suspend part of its Brexit deal with Brussels unless the EU agreed to a new trading rules for Northern Ireland. So what is actually happening here? Is this just part of the game? It always feels part of the game, to be quite honest. But you've got to remember that the last time we saw the UK government play this kind of game, it was met with quite a significant backlash, this idea that the UK isn't good for its word and that uh, the trading trade deals and uh, the these contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on. So I think the, the UK, um, if it does if this is more than talk then it's again it just seems to be playing with fire and and at a time when it needs to be good for its word um to be trying to to row back uh, on some of these uh, on some of these details because it doesn't quite like the the uh, the the agreement that's in place anymore it's an agreement which it struck and which uh uh, and which it um stood by at the time uh, and which was um agreed uh, uh, quite a pace because of the timeline which it's set in place to be trying to suggest that it's not fit for purpose uh, or that it's that it isn't perfect it's it's a difficult position to take uh, and like i say if if they are going to take extreme measures then um then you, you do just you do just one day coming so soon after the last time it made similar statements um you do just just wonder uh, how other nations are going to take uh, at the very least the, this government in terms of how, how, how good they are for their word and how good they are for the, the agreements which they make. Now, I know you've been away for some time on paternity leave. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency has been in the news constantly uh, while you were off. And it has this week. It's bounced back, though, today from a monthly low on Tuesday with prices returning above $30,000. Analysts and experts are divided over which way the market is heading from here. What do you think? More often than not, I think they're divided with regards to things like cryptocurrency. It seems to be as uh, as subjective as as it comes, to be honest. And we've spoken a lot about this uh, over uh, over the years. And now we're kind of hovering around this $30,000 level. We've been in a... In a, in a in a quite a tight range, I guess, uh, for 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 a while in the kind of low thirty thousands, and um, it's to be honest, it it, it sounds it sounds almost uh, strange to say, but it, it almost doesn't really matter that much. I don't think in the near term whether it dips below thirty thousand or whether it moves back to thirty five, forty thousand. If we see Bitcoin break thirty thousand solidly 
and say it does move back to twenty thousand dollars i think there's probably going to be a lot of interest and whether that's right or wrong and whether that that in the long run is is sustainable almost doesn't really matter i think if bitcoin did move below thirty thousand and quickly fell back towards the twenty thousand levels uh, i think there'd be people i think there would be a, a lot of interest at those levels um and therefore it wouldn't be surprising if it did move back and then bounce uh, straight back once again uh, but then nothing surprises me with bitcoin and this is always this has been the thing for quite a long time nothing does surprise me nothing should surprise you um me, even if it holds above 30,000 and we did see that resilience yesterday we saw it break 30,000 and people were talking about this being a big psychological barrier and you can understand why and it did break below but it showed real resilience around the 29,500 mark area we it did find support quite quickly and it held on throughout the session and now it's bounced back above 30,000 if it can go through 32,000 now then perhaps there is upside to come and perhaps 30,000 does start to look like more of a floor the, the trend over recent weeks has, has not been particularly favorable as far as Bitcoin is concerned. But then, like I say, I don't, this, it, it, it just isn't a traditional instrument and therefore it, it's hard to view it as such. If this was any other instrument, I think the, I think the, the, the path of least resistance would likely be lower based on the trend that we've seen forming for a number of weeks. But with Bitcoin, I just don't think really the same rules uh, always apply and i think uh, that little any little bit of hype and that could just be that resilience that we saw yesterday just below thirty thousand. and who knows you could be talking about bitcoin at forty thousand in three days time but it's, it's like i say it's just that type of instrument we've hit the midpoint of the week what should we look out for closing up the week on thursday and friday as far as interesting data and uh, any other stories that we might expect over the next couple of days well i think i mean earnings season is uh, is still is very much in play we're still in the early start of it, early part of earnings season we've had some encouraging uh, numbers out over the course of the last 24 hours or so i think netflix is the outlier there uh, in terms of being one of the more negative um, earnings reports that we have seen. But we have seen some stronger earnings report from a, a, a variety of sectors as well, which I think has been encouraging uh, reporting on the second quarter, which people did view as being quite strong. Uh, but going over the course of the next couple of days, I think we will see some, I think earnings is going to remain a focal point. The ECB tomorrow, I think, is the key one. Uh, the changing framework, uh, the, the the change to their inflation targeting. I mean, for me, this feels just so overhyped. I mean, changing your inflation targeting from below but close to 2% to 2% and kind of willing to go above temporarily. It's, it's much for muchness. It feels like a very small tweak and you could argue uh, in any other time or with any other central bank, well, do you know what it does enable them to do? It enables them to continue to use ordinary monetary policy for a longer period of time until they hit that two percent so that alone uh is uh easy, easier monetary policy it enables them to uh, increase their uh the 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 bond buying or whatever other form of other monetary policy tool they're using it enables them to do more now in order to try and drive that but the DCB's been trying for more than a decade to get close to 2% and they can't even get close. So, and this is while throwing the kitchen sink and everything at it. And this is while doing the bomb buying, while doing Teltros, while doing uh, all, all kinds of different programs to try and get close to that 2% target. And they failed and failed and failed. Um, so, slight tweaks to the policy. Yeah. Theoretically, if it should uh, make a difference to what the central bank is going to do, but in reality, um, 
it, I, I just don't really see what massive difference it makes unless or until they actually start to make strides towards 2% in the first place. And like I say, there's no evidence of them doing so for quite a long period of time. Okay, Craig, good to have you back. We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. The Oanda Podcast.